Hello to everyone. I hope you're staying well. You look well. Um, some of you look a little sick. Oh no, you look fine. Um, I, I think we uh, should thank uh, thank John and uh, and all, a lot of others who I know have put in a lot of work to uh, make uh, like this possible and also Sunday services possible. Um, that that's taken a, a lot of uh, effort to do that, and and we and we thank you for for that. And um, I, I haven't been able to listen to to look at uh, the Wednesday night because um, uh, I don't have a, a camera on my uh, computer. Uh, but we've been Sunday, and it's been very uh, very good. As a matter of fact, uh, if you remember uh, Sunday, uh, John is uh, still in uh, Philippians, and uh, part of his message was think, 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 think on these things. And that's what we want to do tonight. Hopefully we can think on God's words. What do we, on what things? Well, things that are good, things that are true, things that are pure. Uh, we think, think on, th on these things. So I, I believe that um, to occupy our thinking in this environment that we're in, that we could think of nothing better than what's contained in God's Word. And that's what we uh, want to do tonight. For a little while here, now, uh, the Apostle Peter wrote two little letters in the New Testament, 1 Peter and 2 Peter. Uh, these are different, both the letters are different, and uh, we want to look at uh, some of the scripture, uh, mostly in 2 uh, in second, in second Peter. Uh, and in talking about Peter, uh, he's, he's such a, a character that I thought it would be uh, interesting uh, just to, uh, to remember some of the highlights uh, of, of Peter's um, life. Uh, <clears throat> and so I, I just uh, jotted a few down from, uh, from memory, I didn't, I didn't uh, and you may have others. But for example, uh, he was uh, uh, he was called Simeon, but uh, that I guess was Gentile. But Simon uh, Peter, and the son of uh, Jonas, John, son of John, and of course you know he had Andrew, uh, his brother, and they were fishermen by trade around the Sea of Galilee, and Peter lived there nearby. He lived in um, uh, Bethsaida. And uh, he, uh, but he dwelt uh, mostly with his family in Capernaum. And so his call to discipleship was one, one of the things that I mentioned. Here was two, two guys out there in the middle of the lake fishing. And Jesus comes walking along and, and, and says, hey, how about following me? And, they, and 
all we know about it. He said they, they left their nets and, and, and followed him, Peter. Uh, now, another thing that I, that I uh, find interesting is Peter walking on water. You remember that they were in the boat crossing the, the, the sea there, Galilee, and, and Jesus had been away praying in the mountain. He came walking to them. And Peter said, hey, I can do that. Let me come to you, Jesus. So old Peter jumps out of the boat and starts walking toward Jesus, and he begins to sink. And he prayed the best prayer that you've ever want to pray. He said, Lord, save me. And uh, so uh, that's, that's uh, I'm, I, I imagine that, that Jesus had a little bit of uh, uh, amusement in that. Oh, Peter, you just lost your faith there, didn't you, a little bit? Well, how do you think that Peter got back in the boat? I think he regained his faith in Jesus. I think he walked back into the, into the boat. So that's a little episode there. And then on the, on the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, you remember that they were there and uh, I won't go into all the details, you, you know that. And Moses and Elijah appeared, and old Peter popped up and said, Lord, let's build three tabernacles. One, you know, you know the story. Well, here's the point. It's interesting to me. God said, no, Peter, James, and John, we're not going to do that. This is my beloved son. This is my son. Listen to him. I think that's important. God had to intervene there. Oh, Peter, you know, he jumped up. He was ready to do something. Well, that's, on the, that's in Matthew there. Now, another interesting point about that, and we'll cut, which is one of the things we'll cover tonight. In Second Peter, he wrote, he he mentioned this he mentioned this so here you have an apostle who was an eyewitness to this event that happened on the mount of transfiguration and he mentions that in his writing i to me that is that is uh, significant then <clears throat> And then uh, before that, uh, he had confessed Jesus. He identified Jesus. And we know that is the, the great confession and then the basis of, of everything. And uh, that uh, Peter, Peter did that. So he seemed to be the, the leader in, in a lot of ways. And then you remember the night when Jesus was about to, to be arrested, he, he defended him by, uh, I guess he had a knife about that long and he cut off of one of his soldier's ear. He was defending Jesus. And you know the story about that. Well, <clears throat> he was ready to die for him. But then later on, when, uh, maybe the, the uh, next night or that night, he was sitting around 
uh, outside and Jesus was a prisoner and they saw him and they said, hey, uh, we, we, we saw you the, the night of the arrest uh, with Jesus. Peter said, no, it wasn't me, it's not me. And they said, it was because you're a Gal you speak like a Galilean. But anyhow, Peter denied him. The, denied that he was ready to defend him. And here he denied him. The Peter, what a, what a character, the Peter. And then, what about this? On the day of Pentecost, who was going to open the door for us, for, for us later, us? But that day was the, the, the Jews mostly. Peter, Peter preached the opening sermon. That, that, is, that is something. Uh, I think. And not only that, a little later, he preached the opening sermon to the Gentiles at the house of Cornelius. Well, you remember previous to that, that he was still a Jew and Jesus had to go to all manner of miracles to convince Peter that you and I ought to be able to enter into the kingdom. Well, so <clears throat> those are some of the things that come to my mind about Peter, who wrote these two little letters. And uh, now, so I would say uh, about Peter, he was hopeful, he was bold, he was confident, he was courageous, he was frank, he was impulsive, energetic, vigorous, strong, faithful, loving. That's about Peter. He's, a, he's an author, as we mentioned in two books. Now, in the first one, he addressed these letters to uh, the, he calls them the elect or the children who were scattered. They were scattered over. And where were they scattered to? He mentioned Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. Three of these places were mentioned in the book of Acts uh, on the day of Pentecost as being present uh, in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. So <clears throat> we looked in. Uh, first Peter uh, uh, is basically the key word in first Peter is hope, hope, encouragement, hope, looking forward. And the key word in the second Peter is knowledge. And that's one of the words that we want to expand a little bit on tonight. Uh, <clears throat> so we we will consider uh, his teachings in the second letter. So let's be mindful uh, about, uh, about this, uh, who wrote it and to whom it was written and, and why did he write it, for what purpose? Uh, and context, what goes before it and what comes after the context. So second Peter, 
was addressed to the same people as the first letter. They were both addressed to the same people. Now, if you have uh, your scripture in front of you, the uh, second, second Peter, the last words that Peter says is, grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grow in grace and knowledge. Now remember who he's writing to. He's writing to us. He's writing to churches. He's writing to people. You remember in Galatia, you remember the Galatian churches, Paul, Derby, Lystra, and those. And so he's writing to church people. And he's saying to us, grow in grace and knowledge. Now, how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, let's uh, look at grace briefly. I borrowed uh, God's three graces from uh, Tony Sullivan. He's a preacher down in Georgia. And I think he borrowed, it, borrowed them from uh, Atlantic Christian College. Well, here's the three graces that he's uh, talking about. Number one is God's saving grace. God's saving grace. And we know that Ephesians uh, says that we're saved by grace. You have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. That's saving grace. That's just briefly. And then he says the second one is God's universal grace. Now, Matthew says, when it rains, it falls on the just and the unjust, the good and the bad. So uh, that's universal, God's universal grace. He, he doesn't pick and choose. And incidentally, that's a, a theology that would be well better understood today, I think. <clears throat> and then the third one is God's sustaining grace. Sustaining grace. We all need that. And we know that Paul, for example, had an infirmity of some kind, and he prayed and prayed and prayed three times. And, and God said, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. God's sustaining grace. Well, that's, uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, uh, three graces of God. Now, uh, grace. We want to look at a little different uh, uh, tonight. Uh, grace is used in uh, scripture in a lot of different ways. It can be uh, a, char a charm of speech. Uh, it can be thankfulness for blessings of grace. It can be a gift, a gift. You remember the collection that was taken. That was considered a grace, a gift. A special blessing from God could be a grace. A favor could be a grace, favor. Graciousness, gifts of grace, a free act of God saved by grace. Grace has 
a lot of different uses uh, in in the scripture. So, uh, however, what we have to be aware of that it is almost impossible to find a single conception of grace. But in almost all cases where grace is found, the conception is that all a Christian has or is, is centered exclusively in God and Christ and depends utterly on God through Christ. So that's, uh, that's a, a little bit of grace and we will come back after we look at knowledge briefly. Now we, we can't exhaust these two subjects because it would uh, take um, a, a long time, more than days and weeks and years, and we probably would never exhaust all of this from the scripture. However, knowledge, what is knowledge? To know fully, knowledge, to know or know fully. Knowledge is distinguished from opinion in that it had a greater certainty, uh, opinion, opinion. The mind has the capacity for knowledge and the desire to possess and increase it. We all search for knowledge. The highest knowledge possible to man is the knowledge of God, knowledge of God. Now, what did Peter tell us to do? Grow in grace and knowledge. Grow in knowledge. Grow. How do we grow in knowledge? Learn more about God. Grow. That's how we. That's how we. How we do it. Uh, in Second Peter, uh, the uh, verses two and three, he says, "Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord." according to his divine power, has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virgin. That's 2 Peter 1, 2, and 3. And then we say in Romans, all the depth and riches and wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways untraceable, Romans 11.33. And this is eternal life that we may know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent at John 17.3. Uh, uh, we're talking about knowing, talking about knowledge. Now, uh, we mentioned Peter uh, on the mountain. Uh, incidentally, that's north of Jerusalem, way up what now Go Golan Heights, and up near the headwaters of, uh, of the Jordan. And he was there. That's knowledge. He was there. That's knowledge. Now, and Peter, in uh, the first book of Peter, the light chapter there, light verse uh, chapter 5, he says that he was witness of the crucifixion. 
Well, that to me, that means something. Here again is an apostle uh, who was an eyewitness of the crucifixion. And he says that, he writes about that. He says, I saw it. So we don't have, to, we have another word for that in addition to the gospel writers and so on. Peter saw the crucifixion. He, he said that, it, that's in uh, 1 Peter 5, 1. Okay, uh, <clears throat> now in 1 Peter 1, I go back to 1 there for, for this. Uh, Peter says, for prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but by holy men of God who spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Now, why, why do I bring that up? I, why do I bring that up? Because we're talking about knowledge and how do we know that knowledge is true? What we're uh, collecting and gaining and growing in, how do we know it's true? Well, we just found out that uh, he said that it's not somebody's idea just decided to write something. It was the Holy Spirit, right? Now, you remember the Holy Spirit was on Peter. That's why he could write and what he spoke was true because Jesus said that I'm going away uh, and if I'm going and when I go away, I'm going to send another comforter. And if you look back in John 16 and said, and when he's come, he will approve the world of sin and righteousness and so forth. And I'll skip on down to verse 13. This is in the 16th chapter. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you unto all truth. Now you can take that to the bank. And, uh, and, and that's why that you can believe that what is written is true because Jesus said that when he comes, he, he's known as the spirit of truth and, and he will speak the truth and cause you to speak the truth. Peter had this. So we're talking about knowledge and we're talking about truth. So when we gain knowledge, we know it to be true. And that's the reason today that I bring this up. So uh, we've mentioned that Peter being on the mountain with uh, Jesus there uh, was an eyewitness also. So we have to, he, he referred refer to two places uh, where he was an eyewitness in, uh, in his letters. So we have knowledge, full knowledge, saving knowledge. Where is this knowledge? The knowledge of God and Christ is in God's word. The knowledge of God and Christ is in God's word. Now that says to me that if I want to find out about God 
and Jesus and Christ, where do I go? I don't go to the television and I don't go to some people who write books and have videos and so forth. I go to the written word of God that was written by men who were inspired by the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, okay? That's where we find the knowledge. It's in the book, don't neglect the word. Don't neglect the word. My, one of my favorite scriptures is Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. And it says, God spoke in old times in different ways and through the prophets in different ways. But now, in this day right now, he's spoken through his son. Listen to him. That's what he told Peter on the mountain. Listen to him. That's what we do. Listen to him. If we want to know about Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, stick with them and you won't go wrong. There are other prophecies that tell us about Jesus also. And in the letters, in the epistles, we find more about Jesus also. But, uh, but, but uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John look about Jesus. Now, <clears throat> we're talking about grace. Now, if we consider the context of, of uh, I mentioned earlier that about, about this, I got to move on, Steve. Um, <clears throat> um, what did Peter mean, grow in grace and knowledge? Well, if we talk about the context, and you, and you go back to uh, uh, the second chapter, I mean, the second Peter, and, uh, and this is what we find. Second Peter, uh, I'll, that's just chapter one, and I'll begin at verse two. Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and our Jesus, our Lord. Remember, I said that the key word in Second Peter is knowledge, and this is this is what it says here: knowledge, according to His divine power, has given us unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Knowledge, 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 okay. And incidentally, here is John's sermon again. Think, what do you think, think on? Think on these things, right? Whereby are given unto us exceeding and great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Uh, partakers of the divine nature. That's a, a worthy, worthy goal. Having escaped corruption, that is, in the word through lust. Now, and this is what I want to finish up with. Besides this, besides this, besides what? What we just read. Besides this, giving all diligence. In other words, pay attention, put your mind to it, add to your faith. 
virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, and charity or love. <clears throat> Notice also, he didn't say add faith, he said add to your faith, which means you're, you're supposed to have faith uh, already. So virtue. Uh, now, <clears throat> these are divine characteristics or divine qualities. And I think a good, a, a, I think a proper translation can be that these are graces. And these are the graces that I think Peter is talking about when he says, grow in these. That's, that was his concept here. And that's what he's talking about, grow in these. Virtue, what is virtue? Well, I will be brief uh, in, in, in some of these. Virtue is a high standard of life, a high standard of life. How do we keep getting, uh, growing to a higher standard of life? Through knowledge, through knowledge in the scripture. We have to have that to continue to grow virtue. So he says, add to your faith these graces, okay? And then knowledge. Um, knowledge, of course, we've just talked about. The truth, we want the, the truth. Temperance, oh my name, temperance. Uh, Self-restraint and self-control, uh, moderation, we know about about that well temperate uh grow in in temperate do we think that we're already there that we have no room for growth uh do you ever uh lose your temper i did one time you ever lose your temper uh, temperate be moderate be, be able to be level in the environment of uh, persecution or uh, where you have uh, different situations that are, might be irritating. Temperance. So we have virtue, knowledge, and temperance. He's saying, you've got faith, now build on ideas here. Incidentally, I don't think these are any sequence that we have. I think these are just a list. Patient, 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 patient. Uh, ability or willingness to suppress annoyance, annoyance, uh, ability to, to be uh, level and everything, or not uh, wanting uh, too much of a hurry up, can't wait, that type of thing, patience, uh, patience, waiting, waiting on a lot of things, patience. Uh, we can, I think we, everyone can grow in that, in, in patience. Uh, godliness, godliness, how do we do that? Godliness, what does that mean? God, God-like, godliness. Well, one of the things it means, it means if we're going to be godliness, that we've got to conform uh, to the laws and wishes of God. We've got, we've got to conform to God if we're going to be godliness. Right. Brotherly kindness, uh, brotherly love, this is um, 
uh, Philadelphia love, Dan. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Don. Um, brotherly love. And um, that's uh, uh, Phileo love. Uh, for example, the love that Jesus had for Lazarus is an example of this brotherly love. And uh, that's uh, And the last one Peter has is love. And this, uh, I think, is what we know as Christian love, or Dan, the Greek word would be agape, I guess. And agape is a is a is a vast um, uh, description of love. It reaches uh, in all, all areas. It's uh, it's it's the most uh, used in the in the epistles. I think is agape love. Uh, incidentally, Paul talked of one type of love, um, uh, storge, which is a a family love. And Paul sort of relates that love to um, the church, to church family as a, as a family, and I think that makes some uh, some some reliability there. But anyhow, grow. Peter says, grow. Add to your faith virtue and knowledge. Remember, knowledge. Where did knowledge come from? From the Word of God. Study. Word of God. That's why that I've always in in tried to press. We study the Bible. Study the Bible. Word of God. That's where we find out about God and Christ. Knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, love. Now he says, Peter, if these graces, he calls them divine qualities. I think a translation can be graces. If these graces be in you and abound, they make you that you are neither barren, in other words, non-productive, nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Peter is urging all Christians that scattered abroad, that's been scattered abroad, that he wrote his letters to, remember these things. The purpose of this letter is to remind them of these things. Remember these things. Now, he's also reminding us to do this. <clears throat> the second epistle was written near the end of his life, and he and he uh, relates to this. Uh, and I think probably the first first one was probably late in his life also. At this time, Paul was in prison in Rome. And Nero's in power, and the Christians were being persecuted there. And uh, so uh, Peter is uh, saying, uh, when I depart my tent, uh, he sort of words out there, he's, he's talking about uh, the end of, of his life. So I would, I would say that uh, <clears throat> Uh, what the the uh, grace that he is uh, that I think that we can grow in, or these graces that we uh, have have mentioned here. So that's uh, my story, and I thank you for your time.